The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. All righty, five minutes after 11 o'clock on a simply gorgeous Saturday morning. We are here for you. You have some, uh, some health issues, musculoskeletal or otherwise. Call through. Dr. Lou's always got something to say, and that's why we do this show live here on a Saturday morning, is to get your phone calls, get your correspondence. When you call in and ask about something, you're helping other people. Keep that in mind as well. So so bring it on, 416-870-6400. 416-870-6400 is the way you call through. You want to reach out to Dr. Lou and his amazing team. Find a clinic that is open and serving people right now, pinpointhealth.ca. And uh, we'll take it from there. Lots to get through the uh, this morning, pal. How are you? Good morning, John. I'm doing well. Um, it's a beautiful Saturday morning, as you've said. Um, and also reiterating, get getting those calls going. That's that's my favorite thing. Um, one of the things that I uh, um, was thinking about leading up to this show is that I saw um, an article that was saying that this whole COVID um, situation has has made people, I guess, a little less trustworthy of healthcare professionals, I guess, because of, you know, maybe some of them, we sort of touched on this last week where, where, you know, I think science and politics are two different things. And unfortunately, because they're being mixed into one thing uh, for this pandemic, um, science in, and healthcare professionals are getting um, some of the negative back that really probably should be targeted more at politics than it should be science. Our job as healthcare professionals is really to do our best to provide the best care for patients. And so, um, you know, and, and I don't, not to get into the COVID conversation, but that was sort of concerning for me, thinking about that and thinking about that sentiment that the population is developing where um, there might be a lack of trust or maybe confidence in the healthcare system, particularly the healthcare professionals. And I, and I just sort of, you know, want to say that I, I think, you know, myself being a healthcare professional, everybody that I know that's a healthcare professional, you genuinely get into it because you, gen- as, as cliche as it will sound, that you want to help people, that is really what we all want to do. You, I, you know, I speak to, to my colleagues all the time, and that, that is really the outcome that we're always looking for is what can we do for somebody? What, what is it that we can provide? What service? What thing to make sure that their health is being achieved in whatever way that means to them? So, you know, it's sort of, concerning for me um, to hear these types of things. And I'm not blaming individuals, you know, by any means either. I think this is just the consequence of sort of the mess that's that's happened. And I I just think it's potentially a very, very dangerous thing that if the population, um, you know, starts to to mistrust or to distrust healthcare professionals, that that could potentially be a very negative thing for you, the consumer, uh, and you, the person who needs to be uh, looking out for your own health. I mean, the recommendations that are being made by healthcare professionals are being made based on science, right? That's what that's what evidence based care is. It's it's looking at what the best scientific research is, clinician experience, and then what the patient wants. And that that last part, I, I don't want to minimize that either. There are people who don't want to do certain things, and that's that's probably the most important part of the equation. Because if the patient doesn't want to do something they're in charge of their health um Mm -hmm. but but it has been unfortunate and i don't think 
I think overall this sentiment has been growing over the years. I also don't think that this sentiment of distrust of healthcare professionals is completely new. I've heard it over the years from people, um, you know, who will come in and, you know, you complain about your doctor or whatever, um, and, and, and thinking that maybe they're just in it for the money or whatever it may be. And I don't know. I, I don't know, John. I, I'm, a, I'm a healthcare professional, so maybe maybe I'm missing something. I'd love to hear from people on that topic. Like if there is a distrust for healthcare professionals, if people are feeling that way, I think it's important to voice that this is a platform. People listen to the show. Um, you know, even politicians I know listen to the show. So it might be something for, for people to, to call in. And if, if you've got a concern on that, um, you know, voice it. I, I'll give my opinion on whatever I think it is, but I'm not, I don't want to necessarily say that my opinion is always the right one if someone believes something there must be a reason for it and and it's just to me it's concerning i really really am concerned about that that people have this uh potential distrust for healthcare. have you heard anything about this john like in speaking to people again it's always nice to get the perspective of people not in healthcare because um you know it, it makes it more real well, I, I've heard I've heard tons of it, especially in the last year since the uh, you know the arrival of COVID nineteen and this, this mistrust for healthcare professionals. I mean, the problem is people, as you said, are linking the science to the to the politics because you'll hear politicians like our premier saying, you know, I, I won't hesitate to do so and so based on what I've been told by medical professionals. So to the layperson, that kind of sounds like, oh, the medical professional is telling them what to do. No, they're giving them what they know. They're giving them data. It is up to the politicians to make policy. So they've got you've got to separate the two, and I've heard all kinds of these opinions about you know mistrusting healthcare, and like you said, all oh, they just do it for the money. You know how many doctors I know in their eighties are still practicing? Don't tell me they need money. They do it because yeah. they care about. There them. are much they don't want to retire. <laughs> I'm in I'm in healthcare, and I could tell you there are much better ways to make money, right? No like kidding. You, you know, like I, I'm I'm also not going to minimize that. Healthcare professionals don't make a good living, but there is sure. a lot of work that's entailed in it. Like, you know, you could sit there thinking that that ICU doctor is making a ton of money and, and they are making money. But when you consider it in relation to how much work they're doing, um, you know, it's it's it, it, it is it's a lot of work and it's a lot of responsibility on the shoulders of someone like that, for sure. So it's it should I, th I think it should be taken into consideration when understanding what that what that's all about. Yeah, that Hippocratic Oath really has teeth, and that's what they do it for. I mean, I, as you know, we discussed, I, I texted you earlier today that I got vaccinated yesterday. I'm in a hot zone, and I'm over 50, so I went yesterday to get the vaccine and got a Pfizer shot, and everybody, you, you can't tell because they're there in, you know, civilian clothes, for lack of a better term, but everybody there working those injection tables, they're all distance, they're all, hi, I'm Dr. So-and-so, hello, I'm Dr. So-and-so. They're taking time yeah. of their practice to go and eject people and get this thing under control, so... You know, yep. I, I'm totally on board yep. with them. 416-870-6400. We'd love to get your calls on this or anything that's bothering you personally as far as a physical condition or, or, or otherwise. That's why the show is here. Sean, pal, thanks for hanging on for a moment. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Uh, I, uh, well, thank you. I hope you're well. Um, Great. The, the reason I wanted to call in was because the doctor just asked a question, and I felt that the need to get, voice my opinion on why things are the way they are. So, you know, uh, the situation of poor people in Canada, Canada-wide now, not just the GTA and Vancouver, housing is a problem. 
but politicians are not demonstrating that they care about poor people. The social determinants of healthcare. Poor people don't feel like they're well represented in healthcare. I've gone to it years those as a throat specialist for 14 years trying to get a problem dealt with that I had. Etobicoke General twice kicked me out of emergency. Uh, suddenly a pandemic hits and we're supposed to expect, and I'm not talking about you specifically, doctor, and I'm not talking about my case specifically. I'm speaking very generally right now. Uh, people don't feel like the medical industry actually cares about them if they're poor, if they're from these hard-hit areas. And they're thinking that now, now that there's a pandemic, they're buying into everything else that they're reading, they're adhering, and all the all the noise that is non-scientific because a lot of them feel left out, let, let down by the medical community, by the politicians, by the policies. And so I just wanted to offer you my view you know, I'm, I'm lower middle class. You know, I'm not a rich person. And like I said, my experience has been negative with the medical care system. That being said, I will take the vaccine. I have a mother I care about. She's over 60. I don't want her to get sick. Yeah. And and Sean, I, I genuinely appreciate you um, calling in and voicing uh, your opinion. I think one of the big, it, it's, 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 it's a very interesting topic that you raised because, and this will be my, my personal opinion, um, I've always sort of said that I think the biggest problem, like we always hear about um, sexism and racism and all these things. And of course, that, that it, the, those are all issues for sure. But I, I do actually agree with you where I think some of the bigger concerns that happen in society, and obviously my role being in healthcare will focus on healthcare, a lot of the times has to do more with socioeconomic status. And it doesn't really matter, um, you know, the gender or the sex of or, or the gender, the sex or or the race of the person in that stat in that lower socioeconomic status. But I think that becomes a big barrier to a lot of things. And you're not the first person to actually voice this type of opinion to me. So I, I do genuinely thank you. I, I don't have an answer for it either. I, I you know, this is I'm a healthcare professional. I'm not a a politician i'm not a policymaker, but I, I i feel that if people you know make these things um public and they put it out there that maybe there's someone listening that that hears these things but i i agree with you i've seen this i've seen where where sometimes social class um and and sometimes not by the fault of the healthcare professional either as an example that i can give a lot of the services that we provide at our various clinics are, are covered through third-party payers like private health insurance plans. Um, right. That is a barrier to care to people who don't have those things because maybe they fall into a lower socioeconomic status or they're in a job that doesn't offer that type of benefit. And, th and that does create a barrier to care. Money, the, the access to resources is often tied to to income. And, and so you're right. So even... Um, at pinpoint health, uh, I, I can I can see the reality of that. Um, and again, I don't think that's the fault of pinpoint health or the healthcare that professionals that work there. That that's a systemic failure um, that I that I've sort of and John can attest to this that I've sort of been saying. There's a lot of systemic failures that have ha happened with the system itself, uh, and not because of a group of people, but because of you know we keep following a path where something is in place and we think we should just keep going with it instead of um, instead of revamping it and it's I, i'm doing my mba part-time and i today was actually working on on some things looking at where sometimes you have to go in and from a strategic business perspective actually change things aren't working and that may be the very nature of the healthcare system that we have again i don't know but but that, those are sort of some of my thoughts and i do appreciate um your calling your concern thank you very much
Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. And uh, stay safe, brother. Appreciate your, your time calling in. And, and and as you mentioned, kind of dovetailing off of what you said, and the revamping from a healthcare system to a uh, you know a sick care system is is that what it is now really needs to be done. And hopefully that's something they start to to get a hold of. You know what I mean? I know we've talked about that in length uh, before yeah. as well. Let, and- let's. Yep. Go ahead. No, Sorry, brother. Was just, yeah, I was just going to take a, take a short <laughs> break before we, uh, we get into it. Our connection's a little it. funky, but that's okay. 416-870-6400. 416-870-6400. That is the number to call in. Would love your opinion on this or anything else to do with your health care as we'll continue the Pinpoint Health Show right here, Global News Radio. 1120, welcome back to it. Pinpoint Health Show, you bet. 416-870-6400. That is to call here now. And talk to us on air. When the show is done, any other time, you want to reach out to Dr. Lou, uh, info at pinpointhealth.ca and one eight five 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 five. doctor Lou, D-R-L-O-U, couldn't be simple. Let's get right back to the phones, pal. Always our uh, our priority. Uh, Rick, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Good morning. Uh, I'm not too bad. How about you? And how's Dr. Lou? I am well, Rick. Thanks very much for asking. What's going on? I have a question. My question is, I'm 64 years old. I'm going to be 65 in June. I haven't had my vaccine as of yet. My concern is the delay in the dosing between the first dose and the second dose. I understand that Pfizer, Moderna, and I'm not sure if AstraZeneca, you've got the 21 to 20 days. We've extended it to only in Canada up to about four months. And I even heard word that it might go five months. And you said a lot of the stuff is based on medical professionals coming out with these six things, but to me, it almost sounds like this is a political decision versus a medical decision. Can you clarify anything on that? So this is exactly the stuff that I was talking about where you've got to understand science and politics are two different things. And actually the point is with what you're saying. Yeah, you're right. The research is very clear on showing how far apart, like when they do these clinical trials, they're doing it, you know, a certain period of time apart. Anytime extending that basing policy on research, that has purely been now to see if there's something there. But you're sort of, you're putting the cart in front of the horse in that sense. Really, it should follow understand also from a political point what they're trying to do because there is evidence to show that at the very least one shot does help to provide a certain level of protection and i guess the idea being you know the more people that we can get with that the better we do overall as a population but yeah you're absolutely right in the point that this is where you know that's where science is getting a bad rep right because because things like this are happening where where the scientists that have done this research have said no 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 no, hang on we never four months separated or six months. We we did a very you know specific clinical trial with the separation of X amount. This uh, so um, yeah, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you, Rick. That that is the unfortunate aspect of of um, of the politics of this, and you know somebody's got to stop and think why. A country like Canada, which should be a leader in the world, has fallen so behind on something like this. It's actually quite um, embarrassing, I would say, on a global stage, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. And that's why I'm hesitant kind of thing, because I figure if I get my dose now, 
and it's going to say four months down the road. And I know what they're kind of hoping is if we can get enough uh, vaccines in here, then yeah. they, they can shorten that time. But what if I, I would still I would still get at least, you know, it's like anything, Rick, like, you know, I, I one is enough. I was just to someone someone who got COVID and they're 56 years old and they are not doing well. Like they're, they're sort of the other, again, at the very least, um, having, having one is, is probably not a bad idea. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for the information there. I just wanted to know on that clarification there anyway. Rick, appreciate the uh, appreciate the call, pal. And I, I can tell you firsthand, I was there yesterday getting vaccinated, and my my due date for the second shot, Doctor Lou, is July thirtieth. I think that'll be moved up. Like I said, I think they're trying to get everybody in there for the first dose, which is, as far as the Pfizer and the doctor told me, it's seventy percent of your uh, you know of your immunity is with the first dose. Which, if you talk to, and I have talked to the uh, the co-founder of Moderna, and he said at best the yearly flu shot gives you 60 to 65 percent people have no problem with that one so i think if you get the first shot even if you're looking at three four months i think the science to your point pretty well knows they may be stretching it but i think you're going to be good because you're talking about 70 percent for the pfizer and the moderna for the first shot so i think it's good and i, and I, th- I think they will ramp it up as they get more vaccines we're supposed to supposed to get 44 million doses in this next week so we'll see what happens but uh, to your point don't hesitate to go out there and uh, and get her done. Want to get to Rose here before we take. We got to take a short break. We're going to try to rejig some things here and uh, get a better connection. Rose, thank you for standing by. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Excellent. What's uh, what's your question? So my question is, it's, uh, I did have a COVID uh, vaccine, and I'm happy I did. But that wasn't my question. Um, with regards to the health system, I've been having really really bad uh, elbow and wrist pain, where I can't even turn my my elbow or wrist, I can't, no movement in it. So it was suggested I have therapy. And of course, being a senior, I don't have any extended health. I went to this place the first time and they gave me some exercise to do. And I went home and did it. And then I went for my second um, uh, therapy session. And they basically put a heating pad on it, put me in a room, told me to do the exercise. She comes back 20 minutes later. And I thought she was going to add something else to it and said, okay, you're good to go. And I'm thinking, what am I doing here? Like, I did my exercise on my own. She put a was heating pad on for me. So Rose, like, our health system sir, is just not what it should be. Was that, was that an OHIP program? Or a, was it an OHIP program that you went to go see or a private clinic? No, it was a, an OHIP program. And... I don't think they give us the attention that we deserve. I just there, there's very, very little funding in those programs. I know, but there's that, no reason that's, for that. Yeah. There's absolutely no reason I agree. for funding in those yeah. programs because I know that as like as an employer, which I was once, we used to contribute to OHIP based on the salary that we paid. And it was a percentage. Yeah. It was well funded. And I don't know what they're doing with the money, to be honest with you, but, you know, they it's just not right. It's just not right what they're doing. Hello? Hey, I don't... Yeah. Sorry, Rose. Yeah, I'm having a bit of a connection issue. We're gonna uh, we're gonna leave it there. I'm gonna take a short break, and Lou, we're gonna come in the uh, the other side of this one and get the this connection thing figured out. I don't know, it's wacky. We're, we're at the hands of technology, right? So we'll take a short break. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred is the number you want to call through. Still got lots of time here. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio.
1131, we are back at it. You bet. 416-870-6400, the number to call in. You have questions for Dr. Lou. That's why the hour is here. Info at pinpointhealth.ca to reach out through email any other time. And always the priority is the phone calls. We'll get back to it. Carl, thanks for standing by for a couple moments. Uh, good morning. How are you? Not bad. How are you guys doing? Loving life, brother. What's uh, what's hey, on your mind? Another day in paradise for you, it sounds like. <laughs> That's it. Hey. What's going on? Hey, not much. Uh, I wish I, I wish I would know and be a psychic to know how far the Leafs are going this year. Like, what do you think? We need a goalie <laughs> or a forward? What do you think? <laughs> you know, it's it's when you're only playing five other teams, man. It's like it's not even a real season. But to your point, uh, not sure. Hey. What's uh, what's your uh, what's your opinion on the? Uh, I think you have something to say about the uh, vaccine, right? What's going on? Yeah, actually, I had COVID last year, and I've thankfully oh. uh, everything was you know I'm I'm doing very well. Good. But I got a question. Um, you know, like about the um, basically, if I get one one company uh, and then I get a different one, is that is that going to affect me, or would you recommend that? You mean I, I two I different doses? Know. Yeah, I don't know. I think the the question is like if you get a Pfizer and then a Moderna, right? Like, they won't do that. I, I I don't think they're doing that, but I do understand they're doing a clinical trial right now. Um, I think in Europe or the states, I can't remember on uh, the effectiveness of mixing different uh, suppliers. So uh, there might be more science on that in the in the coming months. But as of right now, they won't do that. Okay. Um, also, getting back to my lower back on the right side, um, I have a sharp, I have a muscle, of, well, you know, but there's a muscle that runs right up down to the side beside my, you know, basically my, my ass. And uh, it's when I'm sitting for about three hours at least driving around, it's pretty sore, right? Yeah. There's a lot of sharp pain. Yep. Would you recommend acupuncture? Because I was told just get a couple of massage acupuncture. And, you know, Bob's your uncle. Hopefully I, I, it all... I don't. So my answer to those types of things is always I don't know what I would recommend because the recommendation for treatment is based on a proper diagnosis. Back pain is not a diagnosis, it's a symptom. So the question becomes, what is the ultimate cause? Although you might think it's a muscle or you know whatever it is, that, that yeah. I can't rely on that. Um, so I would say step one is always get it looked at from a professional and get the right diagnosis. Is um, acupuncture an effective treatment for certain types of back pain? Yes, absolutely. The big question becomes, is the back pain that you have one of those potential uh, types that would respond. Okay, I appreciate it. Here's one other question for both of you. Who yeah, has the most playoff games in history in the <laughs> NHL? I'll hang up and listen. Three guesses. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> He's asking the most unhockey guy ever sitting right in this chair. I don't know if yeah. you know, Dr. Lou, but... I, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I, I mean, I like hockey, but not that much. So, uh, <laughs> so, so we're going to skip that one. But uh, thanks no for the call. I wanted to go when a couple of segments ago, John, we were talking, yep. you sort of made the comment of uh, a system of, of healthcare or, or healthcare, but really seems to be more sick care. And, and this is where, you know, one of the things I, I, I'm obviously a believer in systems and, and having the system run the right way, but I'm also a believer in, in the individual. And I do think before you worry about a system, you've got to worry about yourself. And, and you know this, John, um, health, true wellness is not something that a system is going to create for you as an individual. That's something that you're going to create for yourself. And, and I talk about this all the time. You know, I might sound like a broken record saying it, but we know that 
you know, moderate exercise three to four times a week for, you know, 40 to 45 minutes that puts you at, you know, 60% of your maximum heart rate is a good thing. We know that eating a well-balanced diet where you're essentially eliminating stuff that's made in a factory, you know, there's variations of this, whether you might be more uh, ketogenic or more vegetarian, which is more carb-based, that a lot of that is probably dependent more on your genetics, as I've talked about in other shows. But in yeah. general, a healthy diet is always, you know, nothing made in a factory is ever going to be good for you. So we know this. We know limiting things like alcohol, not smoking, right? The, you know, like these are the things. This is where I also get an issue where people just want reliance on a system to make them healthy and they want a healthcare system. The healthcare system isn't there to make you healthy. It's there for the emergency. You've got to be in charge of your health too. And this is the issue that I have a lot of the times is that people don't want to take this ownership. Now, where I think the system comes in into play is we need to be promoting that. You know, yes. we're, we're like as as a system, as 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 the uh, the government. The government needs to be promoting that messaging. I still think of when all of this started, and you know, research goes back and shows us that people who are not healthy, who are obese, uh, lifestyle factors. We're not talking about obviously if you've got cancer, you know, that is not your fault. But think a lot of lifestyle things are often things that people can do something about. And, you know, I could still remember messaging, you know, about like last year, don't, you know, don't go out at Easter, stay home and make your own cheesecake. Like, why are we not focusing on promoting well-being, about promoting healthy eating, exercise? I'm not saying it's the cure to, to these things. That I'm, I know that it's not. But if we can do that and we can mitigate some of the risks that people will suffer if they do get sick by being healthier, why is that something that isn't being promoted? That's where the systemic failure is is the promotion of those things. The responsibility of that falls to you, the individual. People know when they're unhealthy. I guarantee it. They know it all the time, John. Nobody, you know, I, anytime someone asks like, oh, what should I eat, you know, in order to lose weight? It's like, you know, my, my often answer is, well, what do you think? And, and they mm -hmm. know the answer because when they say it, they're just not doing it. There's a right. difference between knowing something and the execution of it. And, and that is the big thing that falls on the individual. It doesn't matter how great the system is, how much messaging there is. Like, I do that every week on this show. Um, but people still need to take their own responsibility for their own health by doing the right things. Uh, and that's where the system will never fill that void. There has to be individual responsibility and individual accountability. Well, I think a lot of it, too, and as we talked about before, people just, they know, but they don't necessarily have the gumption or to get up and go do the work themselves because it is work. I mean, it's it's incredibly rewarding work to make lifestyle changes and take care of yourself and, and make fewer trips to a doctor's office or to emerge over your lifetime. But yeah, you're damn right. It takes work. I mean, you know, we've talked about this before. I just started working with a new professional as far as my diet is concerned. I said, how do you feel about uh, this dressing? She's like, no, because you can make your own. You're not buying yeah. that. It's simple. Yeah. You just add balsamic and honey and some ginger, blah, blah, blah. She, she won't let me off the hook, but yeah. her advice is fantastic because it's a little more work to do that. But man, is it rewarding? And I don't think yeah. there's enough push for that to your point. And especially wow. now with everybody locked down and staying inside, that's the problem, right? A hundred percent. And listen, I've said it even in the terms of rehabilitation of pain, which I talk about all the time as well. It is hard work. The problem is, as a society, you know, we are becoming lazier and lazier. And this is why the reliance is on something simple, right, where, oh, what pill can I take or what procedure can be done to me that I don't have to do anything in order to achieve health. 
Anybody that is truly well and healthy will tell you that every day they work at that. Every day they, they work at it physically. They work at it mentally. It takes mental fortitude, you know, to, to you know, everybody wants to eat unhealthy. Of course, all that stuff tastes good. You've got to be mentally strong to say, no, I can't do this. I'm not, you know, I'm only going to do that on such and such a day or in such and such a time. But that's where the, you know, it is. That's where you've got to have that strength. People that smoke cigarettes, as an example, know it's unhealthy for them. There's no more questions about that. The science is absolutely clear, and yet they still do it, right? So at what point is it also about that individual responsibility? And genuinely, I think that's where it starts first. And then you have a system that takes care of you because even when you're your healthiest, things can go wrong. We know sure. that. Uh, and, and that is just the reality of, of being human. And so we've got to rely both on a system, but before we rely on a, on a system, we've got to rely on ourselves to make those choices. 416-870-6400. Give you a couple minutes here to uh, to grab a phone and call in. You have an opinion about this, agree, disagree, or if you have another question based on your own health needs, bring it on. That's why we're here for the remaining time of the show. 416-870-6400. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. 1144, right back at it. Pinpoint Health Show. You still have some time. You have a question about your own personal health or otherwise something to do with uh, what's going on with the pandemic, the healthcare system. Love to hear from you. 416 870 6400 is the way to call in for the remaining time of the show. Outside the hour, really simple, one eight five 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 doctor Lou info at pinpointhealth.ca. And I want to direct you as well to the long-form podcast, The Lou Down. Really cool stuff happening there as well. Wherever you find your favorite podcast, you can check it out, The Lou Down. You know, uh, Dr. Lou, we are talking about, you know, just, just changing the, the direction and the way the healthcare system is used. It's almost it's you know you you no one would ever bring this up ever as a part of an election platform but you almost wish they could you could be offered an incentive for making changes to your own health whether that's a tax deduction or they pay for part of a gym membership something like you get rewarded for being a good driver you pay less insurance I mean it, you just wish there could be some sort of incentive for people to do that you'd 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 hear crimes uh, cries of absolute you know. There'd be people wanting your head if you ever threw that into an election platform. But I wish yeah. there was some sort of monetary incentive to get people off their ass saying, "Hey, I get rewarded if I do better on my next tra- on my next taxes." You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't. You know, I, I, I guess the way I look at it is is you know, do you, if you need someone else to incentivize you for your own <laughs> health, you're already starting the wrong way, right? Like. You, no one has to incentivize you, John, for you to want to do those things. It's, it's a thing that is important to you. I mean, we get one shot at this thing called life, right? Like we're here, mm-hmm. we're here now. It's about being healthy. You know, I, I think a lot of the times where responsibility comes in, like sometimes it's also a matter of sitting back and saying, well, who else is this for, right? Like, you know, sometimes making those hard choices is more than just for yourself. I think of an example as myself as a father. It's not just a choice for me anymore. It's a choice for my kids, you know, not only in what they see, like, as you know, John, we opened up a performance center. Um, and, and yeah. you know, uh, a week ago, my niece, uh, she came with me, right? Because monkey see, monkey do type of stuff. And she's eight years old. And, and that's an important thing, right? And, and it's also about keeping myself healthy so that I'm here for them, so that I could be the best version of me, uh, for them and and also that it motivates them to maybe do the same things that that's an important aspect so yeah i i think your idea is is a good one but i also in a way i guess i feel like if someone's got to incentivize you that much to make a change for your own health yeah ah uh, i don't know I, I i think that's starting on the wrong foot like 
you know, you've got to really do it for yourself. I think it's just important. And people, you know, if there are, you're right, John, there are also people out there that just don't care about their own health and, and, and that's fine. And that, you know, that's a personal choice. Um, But, you know, I think it, and and I'm not saying that, well, I do think actually everyone should care about their, their health. I think that's an important thing. And, and health is a very all encompassing aspect. Not, I don't mean just, you know, the way you look, I'm talking about the way you feel, the way you think, the way you live, you know, your friendships, there's so much that makes up what true health is. Uh, it's multifactorial. So, you know, my two cents on it, but I like your idea too. I guess that'll be for when you run for politics, John. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's going to happen anytime soon. And it's, you know, it's interesting. Your take on that is, is interesting. I thought, you know, who, if you, if you need the incentive, you're starting off with the wrong foot. I guess I just thought of it as like, you know, when you, you teach your kid how to ride a bike, you run behind it with your hand on the seat and then eventually, wow, they love it. You let go yeah. and they can carry on on their own. That's kind of the angle I was hoping, but yeah, you yeah, might be yeah. right. It might be the, hey, listen, might be the wrong I, way to go I'm, about it. I'm by no means saying I'm right. You're wrong. I, mm-hmm. I, that's actually the way when you, when you put it in that analogy, that's actually a, a, a nice thing too, right? Like sometimes it just takes people getting started for them to see yeah. um, the benefit. And you know, that's an interesting point because a lot of people that have like, you know, one of the biggest things that leads people to make really drastic lifestyle changes is a scare in their health where something yeah. happens and then all of a sudden, and that's sort of like you're saying, it took some type of a, a scare and incentive in ver- versus it being negative reinforcement. Your, your way is sort of positive reinforcement. So I'd vote for you, John, is what I'm ah. saying. <laughs> Don't have to worry about that happening anytime soon, my brother. <laughs> uh, Darlita, thank you for hanging on. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. Thank you. So my sure. question is about vaccines. How do they know that I don't have antibodies already from being asymptomatic, uh, sick with coronavirus before? So if I take vaccine, anyone, Moderna or Pfizer, is it going to hurt me because I already have antibodies and I'm getting more antibodies from vaccine? I don't understand this stuff and I want to be kind of... Uh, uh, so having so your, your question about them not knowing like the from... If you already have them, if you were asymptomatic, that that is true. But I, you getting the vaccine would not would not hurt you because you already have antibodies. It would it would just sort of, I guess, to some extent, provide a little more protection and a little more immunity. But uh, it wouldn't be a negative. Uh, okay, thank you. So I should not worry about it, and I should not go and ask for the antibody test, right? No, I don't think so. I think it's prudent to just go ahead and and, and get the vaccine. Okay, thank you so much. No problem. Thanks, Darlene. Appreciate that. And I, I know, as you know, we talked about on a previous show, uh, Dr. Liu, I had four members of my family had COVID-19 uh, back in early February. They did go and get the first shot. Um, because, and because they had antibodies, I guess it kind of acted like a booster for them. So yeah. they they, yeah. they felt a little under the weather for a couple of days after a little bit of fever, some aches and pains, and they got yeah. over it. Whereas yeah. for me, I just got it, and I won't have that because I don't have the antibodies. So to your point, I think you still go and get that shot. You might feel something because it's like a second shot for you, but I wouldn't hesitate for sure. Yeah, and that's a booster. And, I mean, people yeah. do need to understand the vaccines are a way of introducing um you know, in, in the live in the attenuated viruses like the other vaccines that exist, it's about actually introducing the pathogen or whatever the virus is or some type of weakened or dead form. Whereas this with the mRNA, it's about uh, the messaging around the protein. Um, but yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get a reaction. But that that's what immunity is, right? Like your body has to to have that response. People think that when you get sick, the fact that you get fever, cough that that that's not a bad thing. That's actually what your body 
is doing to fight it off. Like that, that is how you produce an immune response. Um, it's just, it sucks. It doesn't feel good, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's an important message too, that you put out the difference between, you know, the type of vi- the type of vaccine rather that, you know, and gives you a little piece of dead vaccine for your immune system to work on versus the MRNA, which is a more of a coding type of thing where it's teaching yeah. your body to do that. Cause that, that again is always, every time we talk about a vaccine, it's like, Oh, I don't want to get sick. I don't want dead virus in my body. That's what made me sick. That's not, yeah. that, that's not the way this one's happening. So there's no, no fear in that. Got time for, uh, for another call or two, 416-870-6400. In that regard, Cliff, thank you for hanging on. Good morning. Gentlemen, how are you today? Good, Good. big man. What's, uh, what's up with you? Well, big quick traffic update. Highway 11 North, north of Barrie. People coming from Toronto, first thing. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Second thing is, so much for the stay-at-home order, right? Anyways, yeah, no kidding, uh, right? I'm going to go right off topic, Dr. Lou, and you're going to probably laugh when I say this. I would like to know your thoughts on better screening for people with mental health issues coming in to emigrate to Canada because it's costing our healthcare system quite a lot. I have friends that are in case management and they're getting a lot of the newer people uh, in the Hamilton area, for example. Eight years ago, they took 7,000 Syrian refugees. How many of them had PTSD and all this stuff, right? And it's costing astronomical amounts of money, right? So. I'll let you go. You guys have a great day. Thank you for the call. I'll actually defer because I don't know enough about, you know, the, you know, what the stats are on people uh, who immigrate and and do it, you know, in general about mental health screening. Listen, my view on mental health is is a consistent view. You, You know, you go to your doctor for your annual checkup. You go to your dentist to get your teeth cleaned. You go see your physio, your chiro when you've got aches and pains. Uh, I see nothing wrong with everyone should, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong for everybody, not not just a certain group of the population that um, would have, you know, a, a consultation. How's your mental health? Uh, how how you doing? Is there anything that we can identify? To me, it's just health. Uh, I, I'm sort of this believer about like the fact that we keep health is one thing in my view, where it's all encompassing and is made up of a lot of parts. Uh, and we seem to segregate it for whatever reason, but I think all of that is part of it, and I think everybody should should really have um, their mental health checked at, at at given points in their lives, just to to see how they're doing. If there's things that can be done to make it better, it's a it's an important thing. Rachel, good morning. Thanks for standing by. How are you? Doug, I'm very good. Thank you. Thank you for taking my calls. Uh, sure. The question I have is. Uh, regards to COVID vaccine, which I'm scheduled to take tomorrow. Good. But, uh, of course, my back, I mean, I have a rheumatoid arthritis and mm-hmm. um, only uh, immune suppressant uh, uh, pills for a long time. But uh, what is the doctor's opinion? I mean, I, I know I talked to my doctor and she said take the take the vaccine and not sure. Yeah, so Rachel, good question. They're going to ask you tomorrow about this type of stuff too, but the only opinion that I think that matters for you is the, yeah. is the opinion that your professional has given you. My, in all honesty, you're calling me on the radio. I don't know you. You don't know me. Yeah. It's a two-second conversation. I don't yeah. even think you should consider what my opinion is. I don't mean that in a in a disrespectful way. I just mean no. the, the person that knows you best is your doctor. They know your case. They know your file. Oh, if, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if, if they've said to do it, then I, I would say you listen, yeah, you listen you to your healthcare to professional. Up, uh, one week, but my question for you uh, is, um, what is the study so far in terms of the protection for rheumatoid arthritis patients to the vaccine? I, I don't think there's any difference in terms of the protection as much as it is potentially 
um, okay. looking at potential uh, like uh, side effects that may happen because of the weakened yeah. immune system and things like that. I think the level of protection is still the level of protection. Having said okay. that, I don't know the answer for sure because I haven't looked into that uh, in detail, but that would be my thought uh, like in general, uh, theoretically okay. where I would go with that. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, Rachel. Enjoy the rest of uh, of your weekend. And yeah, once you're there, as as you know, Dr. Lou, they, there's a full sheet of, of possible side effects to look out for. And then when you get your shot, you sit there for 15 minutes and just cool down and make sure everything's okay before yeah. they let you go. So it's it's and it's a pretty robust system. It is. And one one other point that's really important that I think, like, if you're someone and you're you're otherwise healthy, you've got no concerns, then yeah, go get it. If you're someone like this last caller who has another comorbidity, another condition, talk to your family doctor. Give them a call. This is the beauty where I actually think telemedicine and things like this, this is great. This is, you don't have to worry about going there. It's a conversation. Hey, you know my history. Is there any reason that I should not get this? Uh, you know, and then you follow the recommendation of, of your doctor if, if there's any concern. Last, uh, last minute or two of the program, man. So uh, take us home. What, uh, what should people do if they're still thinking, can they come see you? Are your clinics open? Have you got Our one near clinic? me? Yeah. yeah uh, so anybody who wants to know anything about any of our clinics, visit pinpointhealth.ca. We're continually growing, getting closer and closer to the communities where you where you might be listening from. Um, we are still open. We are doing everything uh, we can to protect uh, both the professionals and the patients. We thankfully, you know, knock on wood, have, have had no nothing no outbreaks, no, no spreading of anything that's ever happened since this all started. Uh, you know, going back to sort of one of the things that I started with at the beginning, uh, people have, seem to have this maybe apprehension towards healthcare professionals. Please understand that every single individual that's a healthcare professional is that because they really genuinely want to help you. Um, and, and I don't think people should be putting their health on hold because of you know, the fear of, of the pandemic, like the, the, that's the reason why healthcare is still allowed to operate. It's an essential service. So go get your healthcare and don't be afraid of healthcare professionals thinking that there's some type of uh, ill intention towards what they want to achieve with you. That is not the case. Like I, I'm telling you that as genuinely as I possibly can. We all want to just do things to, to help you and make you better and, and, and provide whatever assistance we can in your, in your health. And, and Pinpoint Health is part of that. That's what we're here for. That is our uh, mission. <laughs> we, we are setting out to provide the best uh, evidence-based, patient-driven care uh, for anyone who's looking to improve their well-being or, uh, or their health. Good stuff. We'll leave it for there. Thank you for all your uh, contributions on the phones as well, taking some time to talk to us. You want to reach out now, one 855 55 D-R-L-O-U, info at pinpointhealth.ca as well. We'll catch you next time. Pinpoint Health Show on Global News Radio. The preceding program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.